Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. We're back. <laughs> um, it's I'm season five. Season five. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, how are you? Doing good. Great. I'm glad you to be back. Uh, your brief vaca- uh, vacation from the podcast and yeah, and doing yeah. videos for a little while. I did. Did you have a good holiday? Uh, yeah, I didn't want to come back. <laughs> you never do. <laughs> Ty- Tyler, did you have a good holiday? I had a blast, man. It was great. It was like. Like we had family in town and stuff like that. I got to see them, and but I was excited to come back to work. I like so. the routine. I like yeah. to get out of the routine, but I like to. I, I like, like my it. Routine. It's just I don't like the cold. So you love the cold filming in cold, yeah. But not I don't like doing videos in cold. Yeah. So that's kind of one reason why I take a break. The weather just sucks. It's crappy. The wind's blowing harder, and it messes the sound up. And you don't like being outside. I don't. You know, I don't mind the cooking outside in the cold, but it's harder doing the videos and stuff when you know you're not comfortable. Yeah. I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather it be cold than hot. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. Do, I, I stop in July too. <laughs> I take a break then too. There's been several. I times. like a medium temperature. <laughs> if I can just keep it around seventy outside, that's my ideal operating temp. You're like Goldilocks. You yeah. don't want it too hot. You don't want it too cold. That's right. <laughs> There's been several times I've bundled up like multiple layers, gloves, hats, the whole nine yards while we're film to film outside. Yeah. We're going to have to do it because it's going to be cold next week. Hey, we've been filming inside. It was cold. Last week we filmed inside. So, yeah, that's that's what we jumped. We jumped back in with a uh, few TikToks that, Tyler, you're working on those now, right? Yes. We actually had one released yesterday. So. Oh, did we? Mm-hmm. Was it one of the new ones that we shot this week? Yeah, that was the uh, biscuits. The I like to call them better than Red Lobster biscuits. but <laughs> No, that's a good name. <laughs> Let's call them that. Better than Red Lobster? Yeah. I just call them cheesy garlic biscuits. But you, they are better than Red Lobster. They're way better than Red Lobster. The I one- could... I could really tell the real fans from the regular fans because everybody was wondering where the garlic came from. But you said specifically that your AP seasoning was in there, so yeah, yeah. That's I mean the gar- the, the AP is a garlic seasoning. Yeah, I mean that's the number two ingredient. It's salt, garlic, and then black pepper. Um, two one one half. The way you cook those biscuits, you use a cast iron skillet. Yes, you got it, man. See all this cooking biscuits on a baking sheet and you know parchment paper and all that. That's not cooking biscuits. I don't even know what you're making. Maybe those are. Why do you use a cast yeah, iron? Because it makes them crispy on bottom. It does. And cast iron cooks better. And my because my mama cooked them in cast <laughs> iron. That's why I cooked them. She didn't cook no sheet pan biscuits. I guess people do them sheet pan biscuits if they're cooking for a crowd or something, yeah. maybe. But I just do multiple cast iron pans but cast iron just it makes cornbread and it makes biscuits that's what it's for <laughs> it does make a difference and yeah. then you brush the, your tops with butter and it almost gets a little crispy on top yep. too you've got to put some some oil in the pan i don't care if you use vegetable oil canola oil peanut oil is really good gets a little flavor what do you don't use, use olive oil i used uh just vegetable oil that's all i had i didn't i didn't go digging for peanut oil I'm sure yeah I probably had yeah. a little bit I just put like two tablespoons of peanut oil on the bottom of the skillet. Vegetable. And, or, yeah, vegetable. vegetable. The way my mama does it, she'll put that biscuit in there and then put it in the oil and then flip it over instead of buttering the top. So I, I always like to use the melted butter over the top of the biscuits once you put them in the pan. You need something to help them brown up. I've seen, you know, like my mom does it with flipping them in the oil. That's fine. I've seen people make an egg wash and brush them with a little egg wash on top just no. to give them. Yeah, I, I, don't, I want that I don't butter. That. I want that butter. <laughs> that butter's where it's at. You just melt you about half a stick of butter, and you, you're going to use part of it for before you cook them, like on top. And then when they, as soon as they come out, you hit them with another little melted butter over the top. And it'll be the buttery, richest, just delicious biscuit with a little bit of that buttermilk flavor in it. I mean, biscuits are super easy. I don't know why people... Don't make more biscuits. That's a lot. Uh, you know. they, they it's hard to find you a woman that can make biscuits. <laughs> You've got to roll out the dough. There's nothing to it. The less you work it, the better it is. So all I, all I did now, here's one secret. Now, my mama don't do this, but I freeze a stick of butter and then grate it on a box grater. And I mix that with the flour first. Now, some people just that add Crisco. Why, that's why Some people bi- add lard. So yeah, but I like that frozen butter Cut with the flour and just real get butter. Your little, yeah, real butter. It, you don't, Do you use salted or non-salted? I like to use the salted. I want my biscuits to have that, you know, 
little bit of savoriness to them and that little bit of salt in there, uh, it just works in biscuits. It works in bread to yeah. me. Uh, the recipe, like my mom always puts a pinch of salt in hers, but she don't. She only uses oil or Crisco or something like that when she does her flour to cut it. And I'll, but I'll trust me, do the butter. It gets little buttery bites in in the biscuit as it cooks. That butter melts and it's delicious. It gives the biscuit dough a, little, a yeah, lot of yeah, flavor. Yeah. So all it was was two cups of flour, one stick of frozen butter that you grate on a box grater. And you got to be pretty quick with that. Once you grate it, it's going to start warming up. You got to get that cut into the flour pretty quick. I just use a little flour cutter. I guess that's, that's what I could dough cutter. It's like this little three-bladed thing. You work it in, and it kind of gets pea-sized. The butter gets it mixed with the flour, and it looks, you know, a little bit like gravel kind of or whatever. You, yeah. want, you want it kind of fine. Then you put in a little bit of extra baking powder. Now, my mama don't do that either, <laughs> but she don't. I mean, I like a fluffy biscuit and that little, even though I'm using self-rising flour, I add a little bump extra of baking powder to give it a little more height. You don't get any flavor from it. Uh, I do that with my banana nut bread. Yeah, just to just give it a just bump. a little bump. Just, mm-hmm. just a little bump. I don't think they put as much baking powder in self-rising flour as they used to. <laughs> but I, use, I always use the self-rising because that's what my mama used. If you don't use... You know, white lily flour, regular flour, all-purpose flour. You gotta have baking powder. You gotta have baking soda, and you gotta add a pinch of salt anyway. So, but you can do that if you want to. But the cheesy part comes from a whole cup of shredded sharp cheddar cheese. Now you don't need more than that. They're going to be cheesy enough. Don't get me. You know, one cup is I've I've done it. I've done it's like a whole bag, yeah. whole two. You know, the little. It's not a casserole where you can just add it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One cup of shredded cheese. You use any kind of cheese you like, but sharp cheddar gives it really good flavor. And the cheese kind of disappears a little bit. It does. You don't tell there's cheese in it, but it's got that sharp cheddar flavor. And then for the garlic element, I used my AP seasoning because it's salt, pepper, and garlic. And it gave it just enough without not being too garlicky. This is it's a savory. This is a dinner biscuit. It's not a yeah. it's not a something you're gonna split open and eat with gravy for breakfast with eggs and bacon. You could, but yeah. I'd, I'd omit the garlic if I was gonna do that. I don't want to eat garlic for breakfast. But hey, but anyway. So once you get all that going, you need your wet ingredients, and my wet ingredients is buttermilk. And all I did was, it was like two cups of buttermilk, cup and a half. What did I put in that recipe? I, I, I usually pour two cups into a measuring dish, and I see what the flour wants to do. Once I start, I pour about half in, kind of make me a well in it. I stir it a few licks and see if it's come together. If it looks like it's dry and needs more liquid, I'll add more. I don't know what it is. Sometimes it'll take a cup and a half. Sometimes it'll take two cups. And it just, I don't know if it's got some, I'm not a baker. I don't know if it's humidity or what, but that's by feel. And the more biscuits you make, you'll notice when it needs more liquid when it don't. Because you don't want the dough super so, super soggy. Yeah. You just want it to come together. And as you're stirring it a few times, and I should have count the whips in a bowl. Because it's, you don't want to overwork <laughs> biscuits. That's what makes them light and fluffy, overworking them. So you're I, saying like you do eight whips. Yeah, how many ever whips out, how many ever whips. It's probably about. Eight whips, I'd say, add, yeah. you know, add half my buttermilk, and then probably eight more, and then I'm ready to turn it out. So 16 whips <laughs> <laughs> with a big old tablespoon. This, I'd be terrible at giving baking instructions because I'm not a baker. <laughs> but that's how I do it. And then I put me out, and I got this little parchment. Or it's not parchment. It's silicone. It? It's a silicone, a silicone baking mat. mat. I bought me a baking mat, and I bought me some biscuit cutters several years ago because I wanted to start making pretty biscuits. It was quarantine. Yeah, it was quarantine. I started making biscuits. Like we're really. I made biscuits every day for a while, (laughs) just till I got it right. But I put me a little flour out on my silicone mat. I turn that dough out on it, and I get a little flour on my hands, and then I kind of knead it. Which kneading to me, kneading biscuits is just kind of taking them and folding them up on themselves and patting them out and folding them up and patting them out. This makes them light and fluffy too. So don't over stir it, but don't knead it too much either. You need about four folds like that just to get it the right consistency. I want to. Overwork that dough. Do. You're not making dumplings. I know. You're making soft, fluffy biscuits. <laughs> and so it'll come together, and that excess flour on the board's kind of working into it. Then you just kind of pat it out till it's about, I don't know, I'd say an inch thick, yeah. about an inch thick even. And then I get my biscuit cutter. You could use a tin can. You could use a, a glass. Whatever you want to cut your biscuits out with. Flour that a little bit, and then just cut your biscuits out. Have your your uh, oven preset to 425. Do you up. preheat your cast iron? No. Okay. I put a little little oil in it of some type in the cast iron pan, about two tablespoons, and then I put the biscuits around, and you want to kind of crowd them in the pan. That makes a biscuit rise, too. If you just, like, 
So it doesn't go out. Yeah, it doesn't it go out. It has to go, go up. up. Yeah. That makes a fluffy biscuit. So how many ever biscuits you're making, use a pan according to where it's a good tight fit in there. And you might have some. I always have a little extra over dough that I just toss. But I try to get as many as I can in that pan to where they're all touching. And the center ones are the best when they rise yeah, up. They, they don't have any crust around the edges. But I don't, I mean, I'm not knocking an outside biscuit, but the center ones are always one I go for. Then I brush the tops with a little more melted butter, stick them in that 425 oven. It takes about 18, 20 minutes. When they rise up, the butter helps that top brown. And I have had to kick it over on broil occasionally. I, yeah. didn't, I mean, sometimes you don't. But the butter, I've noticed, helps it brown more. If you just use oil, my mama usually broils the tops just a little bit. But as soon as they rise up and they're good and brown, you kind of peek at them, raise one up, and see if the bottom looks good and brown. That cast iron is going to do that for you, though. And you take them out of the oven, a lot of times we'll just turn them out on a plate or let them cool. And some people will split them open, put more butter on them with these. My biscuits, you don't have to do that. Yeah, you don't. There's a buttery bite in every every bit. It's pillowy soft. It's crunchy on the top and the bottom. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way? Yeah. Oh, man. And, but I did also, when I take them out of the oven, brush them with a little more butter over top, whatever's left, hit them with a little bit of parsley, and you've got a biscuit that'll go with any dinner you want to serve. I think the color gets is prettier when you use <clears throat> the butter instead of the oil. Yeah, it browns up prettier, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're but, delicious on their own. Um, Do it like Red Lobster. Put them in a basket and bring them out as an appetizer. Go with your salad course. They're oh. hard to stop eating once you start. They were really, really good. What'd you think, Tyler? Are you, are, you, are you a biscuit man? Well, in case my wife listens to this, I actually didn't try it. Okay. But <laughs> they were awesome. You like, heard. I've never, like, so I come from up north, and my dad always does the Cheddar Bay or Red Lobster biscuits for, like, everything, for any occasion. Um, so when I got to try these, homemade, like, it blew me away, man. They were so good. Y'all got to try them. I'm serious. Gotta make some biscuits. Not even partial. This is, like, top recipe January 2022. <laughs> It might take a little learning, a little practicing to get your, your... Yeah, once somebody gets going at it. Yeah. Yeah, you got, I mean, biscuits... It's is, an art. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing I love. <laughs> Make a good pan of biscuits for somebody. I mean, it sounds like a... It sounds way harder than it is. I mean, you're just throwing some flour with a few ingredients and throwing it in the oven. That's why but, they call it biscuit love. Yeah, biscuit love. <laughs> Um, you can make hey, you could omit the uh, seasoning, and like the AP seasoning and the the uh, cheddar cheese, and just make that Southern buttermilk biscuit, and it would be just as good. That's a bre- that's how I do it for breakfast. I just don't put cheese. You in. do add a pinch AP of salt in. though, don't you? Just pinch. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes for breakfast, I'll put just a pinch of sugar. Kind of, it's just balance. So it's a little bit, you know, you need a little sweetness in them, but it's a savory when you really don't need that sa- um, um sweetness, but. Using the salted butter in the dough, the frozen stick is salted, and when I melt it, I use salted butter too. That's, you know, so it's got a little salt element to it, so don't go heavy on the salt. Yeah. But it gives that, to me, it gives it flavor. Yeah. You don't, you don't The biscuit it. stands alone. Yeah. It don't, don't need gravy. It don't need anything else. Yeah. It's just a, you want to eat the biscuit. You don't need a piece of meat. <laughs> I could have made a meal off that biscuit. I pretty much did after I ate one and a half of them. Um, so while you were on your break, you didn't really do a whole lot of smoking. No, no, really we didn't. You did I mean, a lot of Blackstone cooking. If I did some smoking, it was firing up the Traeger. And we cooked, I mean, of course we cooked wings and we'll throw them on the Traeger. We did some burgers like, we're, you know. I'm not a big burger on the train. You, like, you don't like a smoked burger? I mean, it's okay, but it's not a grilled burger. Yeah, and we did a lot of, of sausage. Like, I'll, you know, if we're going to have sausage and cheese, throw something out for a snack. I'll throw those on the smoker real quick. But that's about all I can No, Well, I take that back. We did a, we did a smoked deer roast on there um, one weekend at camp. And so we, we got up that morning. We, you know, we killed some, lucky enough to kill some deer this year. We took one of the hindquarters and just deboned it and then cleaned it up, got all the seasoning off and everything, seasoned it up and put it on the Traeger one morning before we went hunting. When we come back for lunch. So took, you just season it, put it on the pit? Yeah, let it smoke. Yeah. What did you season it with, like a salt? Mm, yeah, just like AP. Beef. Uh, we used, yeah, we beef used uh, Mark's prime Jamie's prime beef rub. And I think we threw some of that uh, Alfregoni's chimichurri seasoning on it. Just to give it some herby texture. Yeah. 
And that's the only thing. I mean, we didn't have, you know, I, I bring some seasons down there and put them in a drawer, but it's not like, you know, we go crazy with anything. Stuff we use. Put it on the smoker. When we came back from hunting around lunch, we took it off and then kind of cut it up a little bit, moved it to a pan, kicked the oven on, added all our broth that we put in there, vegetables, all the good stuff that goes with it. It's basically a deer pot roast. Yeah. Covered it up, stuck it in the oven then, and just let that cook till after the night's on. We come back, man, it had done cooked down and got tender, and we made some mashed potatoes to go with it, and we served it over mashed potatoes at roast. It was phenomenal. Did it have like a gravy? Yeah, it got thick. Yeah. Had gravy. I forget. Um, we had some kind of marinade. I, I want to say it was. Uh, so did you marinate it? An Allegro. No, it was just like a one that was in the pantry. I have to look and see what name it was, but it wasn't like Dale. It was like a Dale's or Legro was it Hink- type. Daddy Hinkles? No, it wasn't uh, Daddy Hinkles. I can't remember which one it was, but it was just in the pantry. Moore's? No, it wasn't Moore's. I'll have to look. I'll look and okay. check and tell you what it was. I'm going to have to come back with that recipe. That's what we're going to talk about. We'll probably talk about it on Buck Junkie because that's where we did a lot of cooking to talk about on that. But it was, I can't even think of what it was. But anyway, we added that to, <laughs> we added that to the liquid we put in there. And we put some beer in it too and some beef broth. And a couple squeezes of the beef concentrate, and that was that's about it. And that's we what kept it easy. In. Some pepperoni peppers. It was we didn't put a ranch packet because it wasn't like Mississippi pot roast. But we just you know we didn't add any more seasons. It was already seasoned up enough. But the vegetables that were in it, all of it just cooked down. And it made kind of its own gravy, and the meat just fell apart. And it was juicy and it was tender. And Waylon, my brother, who don't even like deer, we turned him into a, just a venison fan this this hunting season. Was we cooked all, he, I mean he. I mean, to be fair to him, he said the only way he really ever had it was wrapped up with bacon and jalapeno, and popper style, and overcooked. And he said it's just dry, it don't taste good. And he's like, "Man, I didn't know you could oh, cook it all these different ways." And you can mess up some deer meat. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen he's, people mess up beef meat. Yeah. So my mom and dad never ate deer, and they never took us hunting. We didn't start hunting until we were grown. Yeah. And he just never got into cooking and eating it. And I always liked to cook it, but you know, I've all, I'm still learning different ways to do it. But, um. That's that roast is awesome. Um, so you got a blackstone down at hunting camp, and y'all did a lot of blackstone cooking. Man, yeah, the blackstone cooking for a crowd is where it's at. We use that thing for breakfast. We'd use it for lunch for making quick sandwiches, like grilled uh, grilled ham and cheese, grilled bologna and cheese sandwiches. You can just throw it all out by the time. How do you do? Okay, tell me about your bologna cheese. Sandwiches. <laughs> tell me about the bologna cheese. Well. Blue plate mayonnaise on the bread. Okay. On the outside. That's what, instead of putting butter on it, we put just, blue plate mayonnaise. Just a light smear. So I'll take a pack of bologna. Right. A good old red skin bologna, you know, it comes in a little dust. Oscar Meyer. Oscar Meyer, <laughs> Brian, whatever, flavor of the south. Get the blackstone going. Put me a few little slits in that bologna. Fire it out on the blackstone <laughs> on one side. Go ahead and start mayonnaise in my bread. Putting it down on the other side. Flip that bologna when it gets a good char on it. Put a sl- couple slices of cheese on top of each one. Just American? Yeah, just craft singles. <laughs> good old cheese. I usually do piece of bologna, piece of cheese, another piece of bologna on top, another piece of cheese, put that on the bread, fold the bread over, and then just kind of toss it back and forth a few times so the bread's getting griddled. You got Bloody cheese sandwich. That sounds really good. It's man. delicious. <laughs> so but you that, can do it with any kind of meat you want, but at deer camp, it's usually bologna. Uh, so the outside gets a little crispy. Yeah, kind of outside like a, it's like a, yeah, it's a straight sandwich. up griddled, griddled bologna sandwich. Do you cut them in triangles? You can cut. Uh, usually, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a rectangle. I like mine triangles. Something about corner. triangle grilled yeah. cheese. Oh, it's 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 excellent. I mean, that's you know, I'm I'm I did not think I would be such a fan. Of flat top cooking. See to me, it seems perfect. It's I mean, it's, for it. one person, you're not going, you know. Yeah. But when you're cooking for several people, I can do my bacon, my sausage, my eggs, pancakes. I did pancakes all, on all, the all at the same time. I mean, if you get, you know, I don't forget which size one we have. I think it's a 34 inch or something like that. It's not the biggest. No, it's not the biggest, but it's not. You know, it's a it's, it's a, a it's a four burner one. Yeah. And you've got plenty of room to do stuff on it. So we did. I've done. You know, breakfast, of course. You like cooking on it. Um, we cook um, fajitas one night on it, and it makes bomb fajitas. We did some uh, some duck, some uh, mallard duck breast fajitas. We did, uh, I think I just bought a certain one steak, and then I, what else did I have? Some shrimp. Some, I thought we had chicken. No, it was shrimp. 
Oh, it was shrimp. shrimp. It was shrimp, steak, and duck tacos one night. I did all my, you know, the vegetables on the side. Seared the duck the, tacos. The, the ducks the we got to talk about. If y'all have never had really good wild mallard duck breast, and most, I mean, if, if somebody doesn't had, had a bad experience with it, it's probably because they overcooked it. Because it literally took, like I seasoned it with my grande gringo and a little AP. That's all that went on those duck breasts. No oil, no nothing. These were boneless, skinless duck breasts. Let them set out, kind of dry brine for about an hour, where it kind of, you know, gets the outside a little dry, starts pulling some moisture out. Get some uh, grapeseed oil down on that flat top. Put that duck breast down on it, a minute and a half, flip it, another minute and a half. Look at the temperature. It'll be about 118, 120 right there. Get it off. Let it rest. And then, you, you know, cook your shrimp. Stay cooked super fast. But slice that duck breast, and it will melt it in does. your mouth. I guarantee you, I don't, even think, no, I don't even think if you gave it to someone, they wouldn't even be able to tell you it's duck. Because it tasted like really, really good filet almost. Or hanger steak. It had a, you know, it's got a, it's got a little bit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say stronger flavor, but it has a real rich, got, meaty taste um, to it. It's, I don't want to call it a minerally flavor, because that yeah. reminds me of like a liver flavor. It's not, yeah. But it's not that, but it's more like a deep. Yeah, it's more like that hanger steak or, you know, really good inside skirt. Because, you know, you know out that different cuts of beef have a different mm-hmm. yeah. rich taste to them, I guess. That's the best way I can describe it. A tri-tip beefy taste. has a completely different flavor yeah. than a ribeye. That's right. Thing. That's right. Yeah. So these taste like an inner inner piece of meat of beef. You know? <laughs> for real. For real. It does. You know, or like that the cheek does. taste. You know how that cheek is super rich with the fattiness of it. Duck has that flavor. But, yeah, get out, go get you some ducks and cook them. That's all I can say. Um, you know, growing up around here, I always heard that the only way to cook duck was to tenderize the crap out of it, marinate it overnight, and tenderize great. it again. That's what we always fry had. It. And it well, was never that great. We've had it fried, smothered in gravy. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty good. It's really good like that. That's probably my second way to have it. But we um the most of the time when I had duck, it was like you said, marinate it overnight, cut up into chunks, and then roll ups. And then most yeah. time, whoever cooked it, or you cooked, you know, you cook, you had to cook it till your bacon was done. It was overcooked and it's kind of dry, and it does have like a liver, liverish taste at that point. But when you learn to cook it to where it's rare, medium rare, where it should be, it's a whole new ball game. The duck. <laughs> well, we've been lucky enough to go to kind of fancy restaurants and actually have duck, you yeah, know, yeah. prepared the way it should be, real rare. Yeah, most That's time when I kind those of fell are. In love yeah, with those it. are. Those aren't like wild. It's, yeah, it's a different type raised. of duck. Yeah, it's farm raised. What what breed of duck is it? They Muscovy duck. A lot of time you'll see or that Peking duck. I'm not sure what if that's a breed that 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 you see in Asian cooking. But I've cooked those before and they're good, but they're not near as good as a wild duck. Um, wild duck just has good. I mean, I just love the flavor of it. It's really good. We made duck and sausage gumbo with it, and that was phenomenal. I mean, it was it was knock your socks off. I made two different gumbos that I'd never made. Um, one uh, one weekend I made a deer a deer and sausage gumbo, and the next. Month, what do you mean a deer and sausage? What did you use the deer for? That was like what cut of the deer? I guess it, I'm uh, sorry, it was a just a uh, hind quarter. It was oh. a roast we cut up. I browned it, browned really? it in the skillet. Yep, cut it up into like stew meat. It wasn't tough. No, no, it cooked down in the gumbo. I mean, it's, I think uh, that one probably took about six hours for that gumbo. That was a long gumbo. I mean, I made a, you know, of course I made the roof from scratch and all that, but I wanted to cook that meat down. So that we did, you know, we browned it in a skillet, just a little seasoning, a little bit of oil, just enough to get, you know, some good little crunchies on the outside of all that meat. And then I added it over to my gumbo once I got my roux made and got my Trinity cooked down, let that cook, started adding my liquids to it. And then before I didn't add the okra to the end and I didn't put the sausage into the end. But uh, the, and what I did to really make it taste so good, I think, and I did this with the duck too, was we kind of fried our sausage first, cut it up into bites. You always do that. Fried in the skillet, get it off, but leave that sausage fat in that skillet and then brown in that. Your meat, when you get your meat brown, do your vegetables in it. By that time, your roux ought to be done. Add the vegetables over to the roux. Put your, if you got a big meat like deer or duck that needs to cook down and get tender, You've, you know, you can go ahead and add it then, start out building your liquid with it, your broth. And usually I just use chicken stock. That's just, I mean, for a, for a, a sausage, you could use beef stock, I guess. But, but it's, I, I like the lightness of a chicken stock. Yeah. And, man, it may have just cooked it down until it got good and thick. It was almost like meat and gravy. And then you add your 
<laughs> okra to it, add your sausage back to it, cook you some rice, and be good to go. It'll blow you away. That's good. always a little trick I use when cooking. If ever I can use the fat from the meat yeah, to cook to my cook, veg yeah, in. Yeah, because it gets it gets get all that flavor. Mm-hmm. I, don't, have I, ever, I don't know if I've ever done a gumbo. Have I done a gumbo video? I don't think so. I need to do one of those. I know I've done red beans and rice. Probably done jambalaya, pasta. I don't know. I think we did you pasta laya too as a camp. It was really good. I think I shared we shared a picture of that. Or I could send it to you to share. I don't know if we did. Um, we we did some stuff during quarantine, like a gumbo yeah, and stuff remember, like that. Yeah. I don't know if we did. I know I've done gumbo. I don't know if I've done a full blown video on it. That'd be a good TikTok one though, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Back to the Blackstone. Back to the Blackstone. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about. You know, how you like cooking on the Blackstone. Man, I tell you what, everybody needs one. <laughs> I mean, I don't say get rid of your grill or get rid of your smoker for it, but they are fun to cook on. Like, I want to do the, the whole Japanese That's what I was going to ask. When we I had done that. Yeah, I've got to do that. Um, it's just for everybody that's been around always wants to come over and cook on it, too. You know, yeah. it's like everybody wants to jump in and cook on that thing. I guess because it's different. But it's they're fun to cook on. How hard is it to get them cleaned back up? Not hard at all. Not hard at all. I usually just let it run a little bit, and I'll put a little, you know, do it, scrape it down, add a little water to it, get get it all up, scrape that out, and then put some oil on it, and let that oil slip back over and turn it off, and it's good to go. It don't take it takes no time. Yeah, it's not a big process. No, not at all. Yeah. What if I mean, you have you ever left it and forgot about it and said I'll do it in the morning? No, I always. Or? That's the one thing since we've cooked on it, I've always taken care of. Take it. You know, the shutdown process is needs to happen right. How hard is it to get it like fired up and ready to go? Um, it's not. It's I mean they have automatic igniter on them, so okay. all you do is cut your gas bottle down. If you run out of gas, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> but I've been, we've been cooking on the same bottle all hunting season. It's been you know we, we don't you know burn it for hours. That's the one thing you don't cook on it for hours at a time. Yeah. It's usually pretty fast. But how I mean, long does it take to get it up to temp? Probably fifteen minutes. I'd okay. say. Cut it so on. By time. It gets up there pretty go. quick. Yeah, I mean. I, it's very rare that I cook on anything other than low on all four of them. And sometimes, you know, I might keep a burner kind of cut up and then one burner over to the side that's off where I yeah. keep some stuff yeah. on it or move my stuff as it cooks over to that side where it's still staying warm but it's not cooking anymore. But it's, I mean, it's, it's been great for that. Yeah. Since you've been cooking on it for a couple months now, I guess it's been a couple months, would you say? Yeah, since three. before November. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any tips you've learned? Mm, just keep it clean. You know, well, the first thing, I guess the hardest thing about it was when you got it put together, you had to season that top. And that took, covered it in a good high heat oil, and then you're basically cooking on it until it turns black, it's seasoning itself. Yeah, I was surprised so see, when it showed up and it was like. Just sheet, just steel. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got like, to get that sheen on it. So you've got to put oil on it and you kind of keep it out. I think, I'm pretty sure, like the direction said. 30 minutes at a time or something on high, like you, you, you put oil on so it, you turn it up. Yeah. And it'll kind of turn black and you kind of wipe it down and you want it to the whole thing. You got to cook it to where you get the whole thing seasoned. So it takes longer in some spots and all that. But it took, I want to say it took probably two or three hours of running it to get it seasoned up yeah. the way we wanted it. And now once you got it like that, nothing wants to stick to it. So I bought one of these little oh, Blackstone yeah. kits at Walmart. It's got the little scraper bottle and the water squeezy bottle and some of the little brush things to clean the top. And that's all, and it comes with like um, this uh, flat top oil, or it's like a, it looks like lard or something in yeah, a little can, I bet like it grease, is. and yeah, it's just some kind of fat. Yeah. And I put that on it, kind of scrape it around, get anything cleaned up, wipe it back down, paper towel, and you're good to go. When you get um, a cover on it, if you're gonna keep it outside, because it is since you've got it kind of seasoned, you know, the seasoned stuff has almost like a little bit of a stickiness sometimes to it you got to wipe all that down but it's still like a leaf could stick to it or dust or anything so i say buy the cover <laughs> i keep the yeah i can get on it next thing you know you get cat hair on it. That would be especially if it's just outside you ain't there all the time like a camp but i think the cover was 30 or 40 bucks it was yeah. well worth it blackstones aren't expensive like i've seen them at kroger like they'll have them at kroger for 150 200 bucks something like that the blackstone yeah, brand yeah, yeah. yeah i mean when i think of them it's like when I think of a flat Are there top, different I think Blackstone. Is Blackstone a brand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's its own brand, but when people say Blackstone, they mean they, they mean, mean flat that top. flat top cooking, yeah. 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 So know. it could be a different brand. Yeah. Um. So they make a bigger one, right? Yeah, they need to. 
Damn, somebody in the Blackstone is sending me one of the th- <laughs> 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 I ain't got one at the house. I didn't think I'd like it. We got that one as a present. Yeah. Like somebody gave it. That one's Waylon's, actually. Yeah. And he's like, man, let's just take it to camp. And I, so I said, all right, we'll use it down there. He wouldn't, it was set on his porch for months. He didn't even bring it in the house. And then um, we took it down there and we would put it to some use. It's been fun. Yeah. I will say, I have learned that if you want to use an egg ring, Oh yeah! On there, make sure you season or grease the inside of that egg ring. So, so your egg don't stick to it. Yes, because yeah. it will stick to yeah. it. And make sure it's level too. Make sure it's level because your your egg will run out run underneath. Out, run out ring. They've got all kinds of accessories and things like that. For they do, on, like the dome lids for melting cheese on burgers and stuff. We haven't done smash burgers on. No, there yet. I need to do some deer burgers. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be real good. And hibachi. That one's on yeah. my list. Hibachi. I need to come to deer camp. Man, oh, no. <laughs> it's more like cook camp. I mean, we do some hunting now, but I think we, like, Mark bucked out early, so he's like, I'm going to be the cook this year. I was like, well, I want to be the cook. And then Mikey wants to cook. <laughs> Everybody wants to cook. Yeah. So we usually just all jump in and do stuff. You also – Camp uh, should be more about cooking, I think. I mean, yeah, it's hunting. It's about fellowship. Yeah. Uh, We're finishing out the weekend this weekend. This is the last weekend of – Hunting season, deer in, duck in, 31st. Um, get it all in. You also use that fire pit, your new Bucky's yeah, fire pit. Yeah, <laughs> I've been eyeballing those Bucky's fire pits. Every time I stop at one, I'm, man, I'm going to get me one of the fire pits one day. That's a big, nice fire I pit. finally got me one of the Alabama Bucky's last time I come, because we had a truck. You know, we had a truck and trailer. I said, I got room for it now. I ain't got no excuses. So I loaded one up. I think it was 300, 350 bucks, 400 bucks. It, was, it ain't cheap. Man, that's been a good fire pit. It's got a cooking grate that goes over it that you can swing off. I've cooked burgers on it. I've cooked steak on it. Um, what else have we done on it? You like that open fire I love, cooking. Yeah, I like open fire cooking. You just, I mean, I got me some beers, and I get all my food, and I put it on a little table beside <laughs> me, and I'll sit there at the fire pit and cook. You don't get no better now. <laughs> uh, kids make s'mores all the time. Man, I didn't get the s'more game figured okay, out. Okay, yeah, I did have the s'more game. Yeah, our s'more game is strong. <laughs> All you need, fudge stripe cookies. You know, are you familiar with fudge stripe cookies, Tyler? Yes. The fudge stripe cookies and the mar- the s'mores marshmallow. It's like a ob- it's like a wide kind of flat. You'd think that something was wrong with the marshmallows, like they squished them <laughs> on the shelf. But they're perfect for a fudge stripe cookie. And you put those on the tongs. Like I got these tongs off Amazon. It's like a retractable metal s'more tong. I say the kids been doing. It. You can tell I've been cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all love them. The kids. So we put, yeah, you just hold them over the fire. Don't stick them down in the fire right by the wood. Hold them oh, away a, from it and rotate it. Get it toward. Thing. Yeah, you don't want that. If your marshmallow is on fire, something's wrong. <laughs> it's supposed to toast and get gotta, brown and gooey. I do yeah. enjoy the toasting of the marshmallow. Yeah, it's just it's an art to it. It is. You got to rotate it a little bit, you can't and then get you it put it on hot, top of the fudge stripe. You don't have to deal with the graham cracker or the extra piece of chocolate that never melts. The mushroom, the the fudge stripe is coated on chocolate on the inside and striped on the outside. It's the perfect, it's the perfect vehicle for putting a hot <laughs> toasted marshmallow on it, and it makes the best s'mores. You don't get that. Rinse that down some Miller Lite, boy. You good? Hey, what up, son? That's I was sitting out there with y'all one night, and y'all were like, "Y'all want a s'more?" I'm like, "I just don't know about s'more and beers." It goes. <laughs> it's not goes. <laughs> they have like chocolate flavored beers and stuff. Yeah, that's that true. would probably and then there's a bottle of fireball like sitting beside you, and you got you got your bases covered. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like the the hamburgers you cook on that fire pit. The, they they give out, yeah, hamburgers aww. dripping over a lot of a campfire. Man, that's one of the tastiest ways to eat one, especially when you got a big enough like that fire pit's big enough to where it's got like a offside to it so you can get them going and move them off to the side and they kind of slowly cook a little bit you know you're not just fighting flames the whole time yeah but i took my grill grates and laid them on the fire rack <laughs> grate. and so i was grill grating right there over the live fire those things for are, steaks or burgers burgers and yeah. steaks yeah there's nothing better than that man cooked over some fresh some wood that's been seasoned that's awesome. I wish I had a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> we need a I need a cameraman at camp. <laughs> I'm not, I'm terrible about that. Ta- I did take some pictures of like the beer or a drink I had behind the fire and stuff. I don't think I shared it. 
I haven't been in like the I haven't been in social mode at all. Yeah, you've been like, in that. If I take if you go look at my camera roll right now, it's like pictures of us with deer, or sitting in the stand, stuff like that. But I hadn't shared. I mean, I don't share pictures of ducks we killed. It's all personal stuff. <laughs> I don't have any pictures of recipes. I didn't. You know, I didn't really. It was your yeah, black I, I, I did. I, I got away from all that. You can call it R and D because, like, now you have all these recipes, mm-hmm. and now you can yeah, yeah. But them. really, we did. I didn't look up. You know, I wasn't really researching stuff. We were just cooking stuff. But that's what I brought on my list today was all the delicious stuff that we that we cooked. Rapid fire. Let's go through it. Number one, gravy. That ain't number Y'all one. But every time I'd go down there, I think we had gravy every day. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody put on fifteen pounds. Like y'all would do a breakfast gravy, do a <laughs> dinner, dinner gravy, gravy. <laughs> we had breakfast gravy, dinner gravy. They're different. They you are. Know? They're all different. Mark's become a gravy master. Yeah, he's been the gravy man. You want know, to cook gravy? He's he, got it. He's going to whip up gravy. I don't care if we're having canned biscuits. We're having gravy. We're ha- and he's going to fry some sausage. He's gonna t- he's gonna use that sausage grease. And he's gonna take- oh he can make a gravy I mean, he can now. Make gravy now. And there is an art. Bacon grease like gravy. Biscuits, yeah. There's an art to gravy. We didn't have the. He likes to use like ha- uh, half and half and and milk. But if you don't have that, he'll make a buttermilk gravy. And a buttermilk gravy's dang good. I can see that. Yeah. I mean he's he's making gravy. <laughs> he made a sour cream gravy one time. I don't think we had anything. <laughs> cream cheese, sour cream. Still made a gravy. <laughs> was it good? <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> I guess you just need a cream, right? Yeah, you just need to get it down. Oh, yeah, that's good. Nice. But uh, the number one, th- the best thing I probably had was when we had the duck and sausage gumbo. Mikey threw together shrimp bread, and that shrimp bread. So what's shrimp bread? So you saute some vegetables like onion and pepper. And then you get you some shrimp, and you take the peelings off of raw shrimp, mm-hmm. peels and tails off of them. As soon as your vegetables get soft, you throw them in there, season them up, saute them a little bit with some butter, a little Worcestershire, a little seasonings like King Crawl, and you take it over to a bowl and you mix it up with blue plate mayonnaise. <laughs> and don't be hating on the plate. Because <laughs> blue plate's where it's at. It is cheese and blue plate. And you probably, you probably use two cups of cheese, at least shredded cheese, probably a cup of blue plate. Now I've got a recipe for the crawfish bread we did. It's very you have it exact written? same. I don't know if I tell her not that that needs to be a TikTok. But this shrimp bread, Mikey's shrimp bread was awesome. Take a French loaf of bread, lay it open, you spread that mayonnaise, cheesy, shrimpy, onions and peppers mixture on top of it. Throw it in the oven or he put it out on the Traeger. Cooked it on the Traeger on a sheet pan, just open face until that cheese all melts across the top and then bring it back in and just cut it in like I don't know. A portion size. Yeah, yeah. Just like One in, uh, two inch wide pieces yeah. of bread. It's just right there. And there wasn't a crumb left of that stuff. I mean, it was hot, sticky, gooey, cheesy. Goes so good with gumbo. Man, a lot of people was, use crawfish. Yeah, yeah and I did it with crawfish bread. Really good. You could do it with nothing. I mean, just. Yeah, you know, oh, I've got that idea just hit me there. You know the little sandwiches I like to make? You could do those with oh, the like, lion rolls with that and. That would be so good. It'd almost be a play on a crawfish roll or a shrimp roll, but it was hot and cheesy. Oh, like a lobster roll? Yeah, yeah. hot and cheesy, not not kind of cool like they do it. Yeah, salad. Yeah. I'm doing that. We'll southern it up. That would be so That's <laughs> going to be so good. I promise you. That might happen Super Bowl. Write that down. I'm going to call them crawfish rolls. Crawfish rolls. Seafood rolls. Oh, I like crawfish rolls better. Crawfish rolls. Those are gonna, that's going to be good. Can't right. be bad. Yeah. Rolls to do. Bre- anytime you mix bread, cheese, cheese mayonnaise, mayonnaise. <laughs> any kind of meat, yeah, and especially seafood. I mean, that was enough, that was probably. I mean, of all the delicious stuff we cooked, that one like wow, it was. Hey, I went down there and made some chicken and dumplings. I had that on my list: <laughs> shells, chicken and dumplings. I mean, we had chili, we had chicken and dumplings, yeah. we had the two gumbos I mean, that we that rotation. We made pastalaya. It's just chicken and sausage pastalaya. Um, another one that stood out, we did a fried catfish with crawfish etouffee over the top of it. Served it on rice. So we that craw that catfish. I went down there like the next day and ate it cold out of a bag man, out of the so refrigerator. Good. It was so good. Hey, don't call me the catfish king for nothing. <laughs> it I was did, perfect. Yeah, the catfish. I did that. It was. I mean, basically, I'll, I mean, you got to use good catfish first. Yeah, and um, you know. Mississippi, we're known for our pond-raised catfish. 
when you get those catfish fillets home, you don't want the monster ones. You don't need the eight and 10 ounce fillets. I like to get the, you know, four to five ounce fillets. Perfect. It's got a seam right down the middle of that fillet. I'll take it and cut it and make catfish strips with it. Because the whole fillet is just, I mean, it's too, you know, you don't know. I like I, the I crusty it, it gets, I like more surface crunch area than yeah. I do the whole fillet. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll eat that fillet like that, but I'd rather have it in strips. Makes a better bite. It's a Mississippi thing. Thin, crispy catfish. Mm-hmm. And so take that, get it on a wire rack. Or first, pat it with paper towel. Get, don't run it underwater. Just pat it with paper towel. Get all the moisture that's on the fish off of it. And lay it on a wire cooling rack over a baking pan. Hit it with some AP. And let it sit. It needs to air dry. You want that to air dry a little How bit. How long? Mm, 10, 15 minutes. Okay. And then I take my cornmeal that I season with a little more AP. And when I say season, I probably, I don't know if it's two cups of cornmeal. I probably put a tablespoon of AP in it. But Mix you that can up. use really any yeah. type of all-purpose or Cajun Yeah, bre- if you got a breading you like or whatever, yeah. you can use that. Just season that breading. Make sure it's got some flavor. Don't just do it plain. Put that filet in it. If you want to toss it, shake it, whatever you need to do, put it in a Ziploc bag, get it coated good, get it out, shake the excess off, put it back on that wire rack. It needs to sit 30 minutes this time. It's all about getting that moisture off of it. When you drop it in that hot grease, it goes to cooking immediately. The breading sticks to it. It makes that crunch. And I fry a catfish probably four to six minutes. The secret to me was fry. 350? Yeah, 350-degree peanut oil. Drop them down in the deep fryer. We got one of those Value Classic double basket ones. If you don't have one of them, that's about the best <laughs> fryer I know. And I fry them. Catfish will stop cooking and kind of float. That's how you know. But then I raise it up and look at it, and I don't want it to be light golden. I want it to be a golden golden. I want it crispy. There's nothing worse than having soggy fish yeah. that somebody just didn't fry it long enough. You got to get it crispy. Let it sit there and drain a little bit. Throw it out. Now, Mikey made the etouffee that went with it. Um, and it's basically it's basically a Cajun gravy of crawfish, if I had to say. It makes it kind of uh, yeah. You start with your you start with your vegetables. Uh, you make you just a little bit of you add some flour to it. Start adding your cream. You got to kind of build that base up, season it up. Throw your crawfish in at the end. It's super easy to make a etouffee. And then that goes rice, two fillets of catfish, topped with a crawfish etouffee, and some green onions over the top, and You'd be ready to fight. It's so, good. it's so good. It's so good. It is good. I like your catfish because it's a thin, crunchy batter. It's not a wet batter. It's not a thick batter. It's just, it becomes part of that catfish almost. I got to do that etouffee too because it's, it's bright. It's, 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 tic, it's going to be TikTok. Oh, it could be a YouTube. I don't think because it, it's not really barbecue. I mean, it's. Uh, true. I'm going to branch true. out this year. It's not all going to be about barbecue. It's just going to be about deliciousness. Delicious cooking. Yeah. I like that. TikTok. What else you got on your list? Um, of course we did a lot of wings. Yeah, y'all um, did a lot of wings. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you, my secret to cooking wings here lately has been I don't care what you season them with. I I, I just like to do a whole wing with some AP on it, hit it with some duck fat, put it on the Traeger, 400 degrees, about an hour and five minutes. They ought to be right at 195, 200 internal. Soon as, here's the secret, soon as I take them off, I've got melted butter and I sprinkle a little AP in it, salt, pepper, garlic. Those wings go immediately off the grill into that to on a wire rack once you toss them around in that butter. Then you let them sit just for a few minutes and you're ready to go in any sauce you have. And I like will, them there. You like them straight out the butter, just butter and AP. But I'm telling you, I've done it with wing sauce. I've done it with the Asian sauce, with the jerk sauce, with the Parmesan all those sauces go once you – they taste better once you toss that wing in butter and a little AP. You can get too heavy on the AP. Yeah, yeah, you don't need much. You don't and, need yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, and it's not and it's not like I'm trying to soak them in butter either. I mean, I do – It's a light toss. Yeah, it's just a light, quick toss, bam, bam. It's almost like seasoning fries once they come out it of the hot grease. It crispy. It, make, it gets them crispy. I mean, it's it's just – it's a game changer. Yeah. It's a game changer on wings doing them like that. And Tyler, you've had them like, I don't care if you're frying them, grilling them or what. When we fry them, we still do them the same way. And you've had those like that. Yep. It makes that buffalo wing just shine. Once you once you yeah. do the, as soon as it comes out of the grease, a little butter, a little AP, let them dry just a little bit, then toss them in your sauce. I, I like, always warm my sauces up a little bit too. I don't just use a cold yeah. sauce. or Even if you're using a bottle, like some of those buffalo wild wing sauces out of the bottle, just warm them up in the microwave just a few seconds, just to where you can stick your finger in it and it's warm. 
and then toss them in that after you've tossed them in the butter and AP. And man, they will, folks, will be, they'll want to know your secret. <laughs> I promise you. I like them because once you do toss them in that butter and AP, you take a few and leave for me. Then you take a few and toss them in whatever sauce this yeah. person likes. And, you yeah. Know, uh, you what, know, you got a lot of different wings. So what we did was without a lot of work, we found these. Who makes those bowls? It's like a throwaway or take and go. Yeah, it's a red top, clear bottom. Uh, yeah, clear I think bottom. it's called take and go or something like take that. Take and bake or no. Uh, travel and go, whatever it is. It's yeah, a cheap. stone and go. Cheap, glad plastic bowl with the lid. So you can get a stack of them at the grocery it's store. With three the, comes in a yeah, container. With three yeah. lids. And so I'll buy some of those and they have different sauces ready. That way you don't have to wash the bowl out every time. you got, this is going to be your buffalo bowl. This is going to be your lemon pepper bowl. This is going to be your you know, Asian bowl, whatever you want to do. And that, that that that's I like, it. and then let people toss them themselves, mm-hmm. like you talked about. What else you got? Oh, that's it on my what I like cook list. I mean, I tell you, uh, talking about, I'm gonna talk about our community now. Oh um, yeah, I've been trying. That's one of my goals to try to spend some time and be in the more community. active in the community. Um, so something I did put on our list that would be great down there at Deer Camp is um, I saw Sam. In the community, he posted a beef stroganoff. Man, I saw that using the prime beef. That don't look like my mom was stroganoff. <laughs> if you said I got a good stroganoff recipe, I'd be like, eh, yeah, you could. You know, it's good. It's kind of creamy, got but a little saw, sour cream flavor to it. Usually, <laughs> but I saw that picture, I was like, daggum. I know. I was like, what? I don't think this. I've been. What have I been doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That looked like some beef. <laughs> Did you see that picture? Yeah, yeah. It was I'm, I'm, really I'm gonna, good. Did he share the recipe on that? I, I gotta look that up. I think I asked him for the recipe. Yeah, I gotta look that up. I gotta find that. That looked like some legit pasta. That would be really good for the um, for deer camp though. Yeah, that'd yeah. go in it, line. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have something that'll that's hearty at deer camp. It'll feed a lot of people. That's right. A lot of one pot things. Honestly, over this holiday season, there's been so many good recipes on the community. Yeah, yeah Tyler, you could do a, uh, if you if you see some, do a recap on. It. I hadn't I hadn't been, uh, been looking at too much social media, so yeah, I'll give you the rundown, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so many good stuff on there. Um, one thing I saw people commenting on was how and where do you store all the rubs and seasonings? <laughs> I take over one of Shell's cabinets. It's all mine are. One. <laughs> yeah. They, we have a seasoning They leach cabinet. out, yeah. And then we have like a barbecue seasoning cabinet, and then we have an overflow in the laundry room. Yeah. And then we have <laughs> out in the garage. multiple shelves the, out in the garage. So the best thing is keep them airtight. You got to keep air off of them. Um, that, and heat. Out of the sun, That's why the garage yeah. doesn't work as well. Yeah. If you keep them in a controlled heat environment, you keep them kind of in a dark pantry or something. Keep the air off of them. It'll last you a long time. I mean, most rubs have, they have, they come with a gear shelf life, but they're not going bad. The only thing that's going bad is air gets in them and moisture gets in them. And some of the seasonings will lose their potency, which just means it might not have as much flavor as it did when it was fresh, but it's not going bad. So they'll last a long time. Um, but I, but I, one trick that I've learned is if you can find these little, what do they call it? It's like a, it's like comes in beef jerky, the little packets. Dick, oh, yeah. Dick uh, yeah, I don't yeah. Know I know exact. what you're talking about. Silicone, kind of. It's just a little pouch for moisture. If you can find yeah. and save those, like if you get some beef jerky, you eat it. Don't throw that little pouch away. Or I tell you, another place they come is in, in uh, medicine. A lot of times, if you get bottles, you know, from the from the drugstore, like if you got a monthly supply of something, I know in my, some of my medicines, I've got those little, decon- I don't know what the pack's called. Yeah. I'll drop them in my rub bottles and I'll put the lid on it, keeps the moisture off of it, and it keeps it a lot fresher. Look that up and see what those are called. Or <laughs> who's got access to a computer around here? I'm more talking about the quantity, not how to keep them fresh. Oh, I thought you, I thought you don't know how to store them. <laughs> no, that's a vacuum good tip, sale's though. a good way too. That's a good tip. You can vacuum seal them. If you're buying bulk, like you buy a you... two pound or five pound bag, take out what you need, get your little food saver, vacuum seal the rest. That's a perfect way to. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, canisters a good way got a canister you can keep it in how often do you think you should clean out your seasonings once a year <laughs> once a year yeah. i used to remember i used to do it a lot i'd use i'd do like suicide where you just use mixed everything yeah I'd take one rub dump it all in a bag and then that's what you say and you can never duplicate it sometimes it's a winner sometimes it's oh, order pizza tonight but it's a good way to use all those sauces and rubs yeah. you know 
Or you get, I mean, if you're doing a lot of wings or something, but you know, maybe Super Bowl is a good time to get rid of your rubs. Yeah, butts are good if you're doing a butt. Cut yeah, like yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we usually do with them. We use fundraisers. Man, they get a little bit of everything on this one. <laughs> All the open stuff first before we break out the fresh. We're gonna use it. Well, the biggest problem is people are constantly sending us rubs. Yeah, you oh, go yeah. anywhere. I get a ton. Yeah, oh, man, there's no. I bet you there's fifty at the house open of different different brands and kinds. Yeah. You know, it's one thing I noticed is we really blew through those Melinda's bottles. Like, I was looking for those them yesterday. <laughs> I can't find that was, them. You know, those were my favorite sauces from, I've had several favorite sauces. Is that really that Louisiana good stuff. one? Melinda's, no, like, they send us, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Those were dang good. Where are they from? Where are they out of? I'm not sure. Let me look. But I they send us, like. Texas, but I'm not positive. I want to say, like. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were really, really good. Really good. I even like some of those. The ones that we brought to the house, there, there's like mm-hmm. one bottle left, and it's just a little bit. But playoffs are this weekend. They are. We've got two big games. Oh, the championships are both Sunday. With the I'm Rams really and the hoping Niners. they both Saturday. And who, who are you pulling for? Are you, going, are you team Joe Burrow or are you I like, Pat Mahomes? I like Baby Burrow. Is that who you're going for? I'm a big Winsonetti. Joe Burrow fan. I wouldn't mind seeing Joe Burrow get one. Heck you know, yeah. Get a national title and get a Super Bowl. Yeah, I've liked him ever since he was at LSU. smoke another cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like the I kinda, Rams. I kind of want it to be the Rams in Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't have a care in the world. I really, I'm not probably – Super Bowl, I'm not even worried about the Super Bowl this year. I mean, if it's on, it's on, but I got to get up early and catch a plane the next morning. So it can't be my usual Super Bowl celebration that I like to have. (laughs) So I'm laying it all out Sunday. I probably ain't going to come to work Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Clear my schedule Monday. That's why I wanted it to be on Saturday. I know. It would have been better, wouldn't it? We're going to do it all Sunday. What are you cooking? Uh, Well, first of all, who who do you have? Who do you have? I'm taking the Rams and I'm taking Cincinnati. That's who you want to say, yeah. That's what I want to see. Um, you know, I think the Rams will beat San Francisco. The problem with that one's going to be that all these San Francisco fans are going to show up. The Rams, they're complaining about it already. And all the Rams fans sell their tickets to San Francisco fans, and it ends up being like all, you know, a red out yeah. at the stadium. So I expect there to be more San Francisco fans at that game than I do uh, Rams fans. But I think the Rams. If they stay, I mean, they're pretty healthy now. But uh, they have a heck of a defense, yeah, don't yeah. they? San Francisco's got a good defense too, though. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. And then that Kansas City Buffalo game was so good last weekend. You gotta wonder if Kansas City has anything left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just that was magic. That was a magical game. I don't know if there's <laughs> ever been another playoff game, and I've seen some great ones in my life. I mean, Joe Montana's. What I mean, uh, they've played some awesome games that I've seen. I mean, in uh. I don't know. That was two of the best quarterback plays last weekend. It was good. It was really we had good. fun. We watched. We cooked some wings and yeah, I'm probably cooked some more wings. Yeah. We're gonna be at their camp. So, 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 what's the Sunday plan? What's your playoff menu? I don't know yet. You haven't made. I got to go to the store after we leave here. I got to go plan. Yeah, I got to go do some planning and see what I'm gonna cook. I know tonight. Do you get tired? We're of finishing it? up hunting camp. Well, so before deer season starts. We go to Como Steakhouse, and then the last Friday, of the last weekend, we go to Como Steakhouse, and that's tonight. So, um, so Como Steakhouse is like it's not a fine dining establishment. It's a classic Mississippi style steakhouse. <laughs> I agree. It's in you a, know what you're getting. Old Como was like a rail stop town that maybe boomed eons ago. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There is nothing there. But it's got like this one little downtown street, or I don't even call it downtown. There's no such thing as downtown Como. You're either in Como or you're not. <laughs> it's, but it's this row of old buildings they have and there's, I mean, old, when I say old buildings, they're old. I'm, I don't even know how they're up to code. <laughs> you know, I guess they get grand, great-grandfathered in. That's, that ain't even grandfathered in. That's great-grandfathered in. But they've had these grills that are out in the middle of the restaurant, and that's where the guys cook on them. And it's it's a steakhouse where you go and you pick out your whatever steak you want. It's coming with a mashed potato or a baked potato, and it's coming with a salad for one price. And they don't have a big menu at all. I think they've got a, they've got a salmon choice, which is absolutely delicious. Because they cook it right there with the steaks, and I think they cook it in this little, um, like a fish basket thing, and it tastes just like the steak. It's yeah. Like salmon. They've got a pork chop. They got a rack of lamb. They've got a rack of lamb. I think that's it. 
That's about the only options. I mean, they got some kids' chicken tenders, probably, yeah. but uh, that's it. And then their sides are very basic too. I mean, there's you know, it's an old school steakhouse that you. I love it. Uh, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite. It's hard to beat a Como steak. If I tell them I want a medium rare ribeye, they bring me a medium rare yep. ribeye, and it's seasoned and it's good. I've had, I mean, the fillet there's good. The ribeye there's fantastic. The bone in ribeye's good. The porterhouse is amazing. Salmon's good. The chops good. I've never had the lamb. I'm not really a. If, I'm, I'm just to not try one it. to order lamb out. But that's where I'm going tonight. I'm tempted to try the They're mushrooms. They've got appetizer mushrooms. It's like these butter steak marinade cooked mushrooms that are just greasy and delicious. <laughs> sausage and cheese that they serve with ranch for some reason. That's too, I don't hate on the ranch. You don't hate on the ranch. <laughs> hey, their salad dressings are really good. Yeah. I guess they make them there. But uh, the fried pickles, which the last time I went, they didn't have the fried pickles. They said there's a pickle shortage. So I don't oh, know. really? That's I crazy. Don't know. Yeah. You know, there was a wing shortage for a while. We had a yeah. problem finding wings. There's a lot of places still aren't getting wings. And I don't think it's because it's a shortage. I just think they're charging so much for them. Oh. Places can't know they can't sell a wing for $3. But that's going to be my, I mean, we'll probably cook some of the normal stuff, you know, football foods. I always do wings. There'll probably be some, you know, sliders at some point. I don't know. I got some Sausage ribs and cheese. There. I ain't cooked ribs in a while. I'm going to cook some ribs. That actually sounds something. really good. Yeah, some nachos. Bring the nacho machine back out. <laughs> you got any nacho You're going to do your Super Bowl party for the playoffs. Yeah, it is. It's for championship day. Let's see. And you, you think this sounds strange? This is the way Vikings fans have always done it. Wow. We don't we don't get to play Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Not in my lifetime. <laughs> we haven't got to do Super Bowls, so it's always it as a championship party. So I, that's what I celebrate. So this is this is okay for me. Let's not lie. You'd never I'm probably do my little crawfish rolls. So that'd be good. You also get more football that way, right? You do. You get two <laughs> games. I really wish. See, now this is what I really wish they had one of them on Saturday and one of them on Sunday. Yeah. It would be a championship weekend. Now I don't know. I thought you know. Seems like they used to do that or they have done it. I don't know. Maybe they haven't. But it seems to me I would gear more towards a Saturday. I wish Super Bowl was on Saturday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody That just makes too much sense. (laughs) Makes too much sense, doesn't it? But that's all the time we have today, Mel. That's it? Man, that first episode went by quick, Shell. I got a couple ideas on things I need to go get some recipes done for, get ready for the weekend, and we'll be back next week, right? Yep. Next week. Yeah. We got a few weeks before we um, are out of town for a week. Yeah. We got a couple more weeks. Then we're going to be out for a little bit. And then we'll come back hot hot and heavy. Tyler, is there anything we need to, any housekeeping? Hot and heavy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Want to see sure. these new new recipes this year, Tyler? Where can they find those at? I don't know. Hey, hey guys. So this year we're going to be posting the shorts on a lot more mediums. So you guys are going to see a lot more of those shorts everywhere uh, that you like to watch Malcolm, whether that's Instagram, TikTok. And even Facebook. Um, and then make sure you guys download our How to Barbecue Right app where you can find all of Malcolm's favorite recipes and soon-to-be TikTok recipes as well because I know a lot of you guys are looking to get the full the full recipe. Um, yeah, that's all I got. And and don't forget the community, man. If you guys are, are on Facebook and you haven't joined the community, go over there and just uh, click on it because it's a lot of great information there. It ain't, it's not just stuff we do. The community is about sharing. And it's about other people cooking stuff, and we we jump on it and comment. If you got questions, you know, we we try to our group tries to answer them and stay up with them. I'm going to be more active in there, but there's a ton of great people in there that'll give you advice. Yeah. Um, it's super friendly, super non judgmental, and we don't we don't uh, no BS, right? We don't Tyler? put up with none of that. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, <laughs> I ain't gonna put up with none of yeah, that. Yeah, there's no arguing. None of that crap take goes that on there. Out. Yeah, we, we don't do that. <laughs> It's such a tight knit community, though. Like seriously, it's yeah. very easy to run. Like everybody's very chill, and yeah. you'll strike up. You'll probably make lots of friends on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like minded people. So we got to figure out one of these days how to have a, a community get together. That would be cool. <laughs> community fest. Yeah, here. I don't know where, but somewhere. <laughs> some some uh, place that's got enough room to do it. Like a meetup. Or something like that, yeah. <laughs> in a conference room? Yeah. I don't know about a conference room. It needs to be somewhere you can bring a grill. Yeah. yeah. 
But anyway, that would be cool. Maybe maybe at a resort. <laughs> <laughs> that did that did my idea place. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go and right. talk barbecue. We're not really cooking or anything. We're just hanging out and letting <laughs> going to one of these all inclusives and just man, that would be fun. Sit in the pool. Yeah, why not? <laughs> 9 a.m. Burger talk. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're going to be talking burgers in a big bowl. Hire <laughs> food. Marys and burgers. Food truck just keeps putting out food all yeah, day. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us, and we're glad to be back here in 2022. And fifth, This is our fifth season. Fifth season. That's wow. crazy. It is. For uh, Tyler on the board, Shell across from me, I'm Malcolm. Y'all leaving Broadway girls alone. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>